Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 11th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by one of the GPP sharpest individuals in NBA DFS, and that is our own Andrew Hansen. How are you, Andrew? Doing pretty well this morning, Coach. Uh, ready for Wednesday here, ready for some revenge after that Monday Milwaukee yeah. fiasco. <laughs> it's, time, it's time to get right back on it. That was rough just because we hit all the ancillary pieces, guys like Dwayne Dedman and, and other guys in that Atlanta-Charlotte game that went off. And if we just gotten some normal games out of the regulars for Milwaukee, you know, Middleton, DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, then we would have smashed that slate. I know. I'll tell you, though, we're not alone. The whole DFS world suffered. I mean, I, it was fun. I, I don't normally listen into a lot of other shows because we're so busy doing our pods and all of our stuff. But I just was dying to know what other people were saying. And it was it was the same shit show everywhere. I mean, anywhere you tuned into, they were like, you know, there wasn't one pro or you know guy get the guys that do this for real real heavy money that didn't have a hundred percent middleton and all of that it was just one of those fluke freak things that we hope never happens in dfs again but uh yeah it was frustrating and uh you know we took the l we moved on and i'm sure milwaukee's gonna feel in there you know i've heard some big six-figure numbers uh, for them being fine for that whole shenanigan. So, you know, what are you going to do? We we move on. And uh, if, if it's anything, it's a reminder to listen to that Discord that last 30 minutes. I mean, up until the last 30 seconds. Because if you can, you know, get guys out of the lineup that are dead wood, you know, even if we would have put in just average guys, we would have cashed. So, you know, you got you to gotta listen all the way to the end. But we didn't have that chance this time around. So, but normally, uh, if they follow the rules, we'll we'll know exactly what we're getting into, not not something like that. But uh, yeah, it was crazy, man. I figured you were fuming because I saw your picks were really sharp, other than the guys that didn't suit up but were were suited up but just didn't play. Did you hear what they said after the game, by the way? No. So they asked the coach, uh, you know, why those guys didn't play. And his response was, I put the best players out on the floor that I thought could win the game for us for this game. So you oh, talk man. about lying sack of shit. Jeez. So then they, they ask uh, Middleton, uh, you know, why didn't you play today? And uh, he said, I guess coach thought I was just going to play really shitty and not get it done. So he played somebody else. That was his comment. <laughs> oh, see, this is that's just classic from the San Antonio Spurs tree. Pop down to Budenholzer, and it's almost like that quote was designed to protect the franchise from a bigger fine. But and it's not going to work. Everybody well, knows they, they should find him bigger for lying. Right. You know? That's even right. worse. Because Generally, Pop just says, "I don't care. Find me. This is what I'm doing." Right. You know, I re- at least respect that more than some horse crap uh, excuse like that. You know. And it conflicts from what I heard during the game. I hadn't heard the post-game interviews, but during the game on the broadcast, um, they talked to the assistant coaches from Milwaukee, and they mm-hmm. said, well, you know, back-to-back here, we're, we're traveling through the Midwest. We're just trying, you know, this is, we only have one more trip to the Midwest, so we're going to rest up our guys tonight. We got Boston on Thursday in a big game. So it's just a simple back-to-back rest. It's obvious. That's what it was. Ridiculous. So it, it's not even consistent with what the assistant coaches were saying. And what the hell are they talking about traveling to the Midwest? There are in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mid- Midwest and more to the West. Yeah. I guess what everything ever. else is, is on the East Coast here for the rest of the regular season, primarily for, for the Bucks. I don't know. It was it was pretty crazy, but uh, you know it is what it is. It, it's it's such it it's hard at times for people that are newer to DFS to departmentalize that and just look at you know the world we live in as DFS pros is this 24 hour time frame. You know you learn from what's in the past and you look forward to what's in the future with schedules and stuff. But really the beauty of DFS is 
you know, here it is. It's it's uh, Wednesday morning. We only care about the news this afternoon and the games tonight. That's pretty pretty fresh way to start every day, you know. It is. I, that's what I one of the many things I love about DFS. It's a beautiful thing. But part of what we're trying to do is keep the pace going since we had determined in our last conference call, I mentioned it yesterday, that we were going to try to speed up these shows since the two-hour and ten-minute miniseries that Mike, <laughs> Mike Apotry and I put out this, this last week, we said, okay, we're going to get down to the brass knuckles and not uh, stretch this out so far. Not that we're trying to stretch it out. We just... We love chatting and we love uh, sharing as much information, but we also want to be cognizant of the fact that everybody has a busy schedule and they can't spend half their day listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to mention before we get started that you go to DFSCoachTalk.com. This is really the time to do it uh, because we've got phenomenal basketball and baseball here right around the corner for baseball. Uh, follow us at DFS Coach Talk. You can follow the three of us on Twitter. I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Language Olympic. And uh, Mike is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Follow us 24-7, you know, or at least just definitely follow the at DFS Coach Talk uh, Twitter because that will have any information that pops out, anything that goes on. And then, you know, we just want you all to join our Discord and have some fun. We've been having some great sports conversations in there, you know. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun to be in there. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we rolled out some uh, finalized pricing now. We got that all together. We determined we were going to uh, offer. We, we wanted to do the best we can for our listeners, and we know – the majority, like 90% of all uh, DFS players play multiple sports. So we wanted to not offer cricket and high lie and all that stuff. We wanted to offer, you know, the main, main deals. So with baseball, basketball, and football, those are going to be everything we do, pod seven days a week, just all the information, you know, all of the uh, lineups, and then we're also going to, uh, from time to time, uh, our two secondary sports that we will post some lineups on, just not all the content. And that will be with hockey and uh, golf. So, uh, you know, I think we've we've put it together. It took us a long time to try to get a lot of feedback from our members, exactly what they wanted. And so uh, hopefully everybody saw that release yesterday of what we were doing. Uh, going forward and Andrew I appreciate your input in that as well yeah well I, I really like the way that we've uh, sorted it out and set it up moving forward with the three options and, and the pricing is terrific the the weekly membership of only $25 monthly of 75 and then annually for 750 but that's for all three sports for each of those time periods so you get you know right here in the NBA season we've got our Line up seven days a week, cash and GPP on both DraftKings and FanDuel. So for $25 a week or $75 a month, you get going with the rest of the regular season here. And that's a pretty good value for uh, getting lineups where we've been cashing over 75 per, over 70% here. And that's with two losses in a row. So still over 70, 70% and ready to get back on it tonight. Absolutely. So if you have any questions about it, first of all, go to www.dfscoachtalk.com and check that out. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, DMS, whatever, uh, if you have questions at all. But everything's posted up there. And there's, you know, doing these golden premium packages, we're calling them of weekly, monthly or annually, you, you get everything that we offer. So you never have to miss a Anything from a podcast to lineup post to roster changes to Discord, you name it. Uh, you know, the last thing we wanted to do is layer in a bunch of different costs and have, have you to have to pay for two sports at once and all of the, the other things. So our goal was to make it as user friendly and as value friendly uh, to all our members. So excited about that, man. OK, let's jump in. Of course, the first thing we have to do is go through 
the dreaded uh, player uh, list here of injuries and news as far as uh, people in and people out for the games, which are extremely important. And right off the bat, we've got an extremely important one. I don't know if you had seen this one, uh, Andrew, but uh, Rudy Gobert is actually questionable, 50-50. And he's usually a pretty good workhorse. Uh, and that's something that just broke three minutes ago. So keep a close eye on Rudy Gobert tonight. Again, that would be uh, maybe our backup center opportunity there, or uh, we'll have to dig in and see where that usage went when he has sat before, but he hasn't sat much, so it's going to be a small sample size. But uh, I believe it's Tony Bradley is who we usually go to. Isn't that correct, Andrew? Yeah, he's the regular center yeah, uh, who's been getting center. minutes. Ed Davis has been not getting has not been getting the minutes that he yeah, was that's, earlier. Yeah, that's shocking to me. I, I thought Ed Davis would be uh, a contributor there. But all right, so dig into that. That's an important one. Travion Graham for Atlanta is playing, as is Kevin Herter and John Collins. They've all been ruled in, so that's good news. Uh, for Dallas, we have Dorian Finney-Smith Smith and Luka Doncic in. They are both playing. Um, Bruce Brown for Detroit is questionable, 50-50. So that's important because he's their best perimeter defender, so that may affect rostering some Sixers in that game. Jay Crowder is probable after missing a game. Uh, still 50-50 on Tyler Hero. He's been questionable for multiple games in a row. But the tough thing for Miami is two other guys are questionable now. Key guys, Kendrick Nunn and Jimmy Butler. So if they're missing all three of those backcourt guys, you know, there's going to be some massive usage uh, for the Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic's of the world. So we'll have to review that. Dennis Smith Jr. is confirmed in. Josh Richardson is back. He is confirmed in. Uh, and we've got an upgrade on Joel Embiid to questionable. So he has missed multiple games with that sprained left shoulder. Uh, but there is a chance he can play tonight. Actually, a 50-50 chance. DeAndre Bembry is out. Brandon Knight is back in for Detroit, and he's played some big minutes when he was in there uh, last week. Uh, the big man, John Henson, is out for Detroit. And the last one is Shea Gilgis-Alexander is probable. So some big news there for sure. Not quite as brutal as it's been in, in some days past, but there's two or three guys that certainly can help formulate the slate today that we're going to want to keep an eye on so let's dive into game number one it's a seven o'clock start and it is the detroit pistons at the philadelphia 76ers philly is favored by 11 the total is a paltry two eleven and a half, which is the lowest on the slate uh, philly at 111 and a half and detroit at a cool 100 so not exciting there Part of that is because the pace is pretty pathetic here. Detroit 28, Philadelphia 19, and then on the defensive side, defensive team efficiency, the Pistons 22 and Philadelphia uh, 6. Uh, again, that varies whether Embiid plays or not by quite a bit. So until we have the Embiid news, it, this game is very hard to determine. But what have you come up with so far, my man? Yeah, I agree. And bead news is is pretty big because Horford and Tobias Harris are priced up since they've been getting the extra minutes, the extra usage. Well, I guess Tobias Harris's minutes have been pretty consistent, but he's he's certainly been getting the extra usage. So definitely gonna have to wait and see on the Sixers before I break that down. But I'm I'm really not interested in this game much because of the the low total. Sixers are at home, so they could blow them out. So for me, it's really coming down to do I want to play Thonmaker or not? I, I think he's the big value play coming out of this game with Henson out. He got 27 minutes in the last game coming off the bench. If he starts at 3.1 on DraftKings, I think you could do a lot worse there for getting him in to try to help you get some of these studs. I mean, we've got Trey Young. We've got Luka. We've got all the guys for the Pelicans that we want to spend some solid money on. So I, I will consider playing Thonmaker, even though I don't like playing him. 
Um, you could look at one of these guards for Detroit. They're all at pretty good price tags. The problem now is you mentioned Brandon Knight being back in, and if Bruce yeah. Brown plays too, then all of a sudden there aren't quite as many minutes to go around. But, you know, Svee, Mikhailuk, and McCray at 4.1, and f- or they're both 4.1 on DraftKings, and, you know, they're getting over 20 minutes. So one of those guys could certainly go off here and, and pay off value. It's going to be hard to predict. So that would be a tournament-only play. But, again, if Bruce Brown is back, then I, I like that whole situation even less. Um, I guess the one other guy you got to mention here is Christian Wood. He's the one guy I might pay up for at 8.1. Yeah. Certainly they should be funneling a lot of the shots through him. He's He's great on the boards as well. Um, and then back to Philly, I, you know, I'll mention that Tobias Harris is probably the one guy I feel most comfortable in, comfortable with, even yeah. if Embiid, even if Embiid comes back. Yeah, it's this game drives me nuts. I mean, I as far as Detroit goes, a hundred percent dead to me. I mean, I want nothing to do with them. They, their pace is terrible. They get blown out a lot. They're just a, a hot mess and. If if you could figure out out of those six or seven guards between all of the ones you mentioned plus Snell plus all these other bozos that are thrown in there, good luck. Right. I don't think any of them will make value, to be honest with you. Uh, yes, Christian Wood is their, in my opinion, their best and only rosterable player. But my God, I, I feel like it was just four weeks ago I rostered him at 3.7. His <laughs> price has just gone ballistic and i i don't see how you can pay that price when you know there could be a minutes issue if they get blown out thon maker i just when i when i roster thon maker is when i'm gonna take a couple days off i just cannot (laughs) roster that dude and then on the philly side you know the only i have one piece of interest and that's it if if Embiid sits i think i would like to play harris if Embiid plays then i don't want either or Embiid or harris so the only option i have in this game is just that one look at harris depending on Embiid news but other than that i think this game sucks i think it could blow out i think it's going to be low scoring and it stinks like i don't know what what's that what's the worst kind of smelling cheese you can you can smell oh yeah there's lots Free. of them. Bree, is that it? <laughs> it is not. Know. That's not one of my favorites. I'm with you there. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass on the brie. Give me some uh, mozzarella or some cheddar. Yeah. Call uh, it a day. That's it. Or provolone. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> let's go to the 7:30 game, the Knicks at Atlanta. Um, this isn't exactly uh, uh, a stellar game for playoff potential, but it is a stellar game for DFS potential. Uh, you've got the New York Knicks at the Atlanta Hawks. Like I said, it's 7:30. Hawks are a five-point home favorite. The total's a big 232 and a half, so just you know, a little 21-point jump from the last game. The uh, implied for Atlanta is a solid 119. Knicks a respectful 114. Uh, we know the pace in this game. Knicks are just 22. They're just a little below average. Atlanta moves the ball. They're fifth. And then the sweet part about it, if you've got the 23rd and 28th defensive team efficiency ratings uh, for those two squads. So not anything to write home about. A lot of Ole defense, you know, you score, I score kind of nonsense. So that makes this game, I think, a game you got to, you know, roster some guys in. So who are you stacking up here, buddy? Oh, yeah, I'm going to have some good exposure to this one. This game's got... A lot of juice left on the bone, as Micah Patry would oh, say. Oh no, Napatryism, <laughs> I call them now. Yeah, Napatryism. Yes, they they do get their own category for sure. They have to. That's they, they, they I must. Think you, you can Google that now, and it comes up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so first guy for me got to be Trey Young. He's been terrific against the the Knicks in both of their high scoring games. Almost put up 50 actual points last time out. Um, I'm going to look at Dwayne Dedman again. Um, he was great against Charlotte and he fouled out. So, um, I'm going to go back to him and Collins would be the third target. 
he he had a monster game against New York. Of course, that second one went to double overtime, so everybody's stats were a little bit inflated. Yeah. But I do like how he's playing. He, he's had three really good games in a row. Mm-hmm. And then Cam Reddish, another guy that I you know I haven't really played just because of the inconsistency, but he at least right now he's coming around a little bit. He got 40 minutes in that last game. He was yeah. out there. He was out there late, battling, rebounding, playing more aggressively. I mean that guy's got so much size and physical ability. We know he can stroke it. That he's just he's got so much potential. So. If you can get him on a night where he plays well, he's interested, he's he's in the moment, then you can really get some strong value back on that. So I'll, I'll have some shares on him. Probably won't go anywhere else. Hunter is is all right. I wish he was under 5K on DraftKings, though. So a um, little bit of a price edge for Cam, for Cam Reddish. On the Knicks side, we do have to figure in that this is a back-to-back. Yep. They played in Washington last night. Um, you know, normally in a game like this, I do like to run it back with a couple guys on the other side. Yeah, but I, I love correlating too. I mean, it yeah. just makes it more, you know, you either hit or you don't kind of thing. So yeah, but uh, you know, nobody in terms of their pricing, nobody's really jumping off the page at me. Um, yeah. You know, all all the usual suspects are in play if you do want to stack it. Randall, you know, is my favorite to play. Uh, R.J. Barrett has had one out of two strong games against Atlanta. Peyton is coming off of a dud, so you know right. maybe he maybe he bounces back. But you know, how about your boy Frank Nilakina? Career oh high, God. twenty points last night, a double double. I know, in, I can't in 29 believe Twenty nine minutes, and he's still only three point two on DraftKings. I mean, wow. did you watch that game? I you know I watched I watched, I watched about half of it. I watch almost every game, but last night uh, that new basketball uh, movie came out. I don't know if you saw me post it in Discord. It's called The Way Out with Ben Affleck about a right. basketball team. Yep. So my son and some of the players I used to coach on the AAU team, a bunch of them are home from school, from college on spring break, so we all went to see it. It was it was really good. It was an intense movie. Uh, it's pretty heavy, though, but... The basketball stuff was good. It was it was well done. And Affleck's a fantastic actor. I mean, he did a great job. But anyway, I so I went to see that. And I for the first time ever, I didn't watch like a million hours of basketball. So it's like I had to scour the the box scores today to try to figure out game flow. So what happened? Why was Nidalekina playing so much more? Uh, than Elf was it foul trouble? Uh, well, what, what happened was. In the first quarter, Washington got out to an 18-4 to lead. So okay. there was a timeout four minutes into the game, and Coach Miller just yanked all the starters. All five. Ah, okay. Everybody sat down. So Neela Keena comes in, starts playing well. Then in the second half, you know, Peyton, he was just off. Like, he, I saw him miss a layup in transition, oh. you know, taking, like, flat-footed, fall-away, mid-range Dude, he, jumpers. he was minus 24 in that game. Yeah, it's just an Good off Lord. night. Just looked kind of tired, missing shots he should normally make, you know, turnovers. Yeah. And so he wasn't even in down the stretch the last four minutes. Neil Aquino was in. So just, just one of those days. So that's why, you know, maybe everybody's going to be off him. He, he bounces back. I mean, it, it is Trey Young defense. So it is. It would not Anything can me. snap you out of a slump. That can. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that was the story. Huh. Yeah, that definitely, you know, I mean, I'd love to play Elf, but the question is, you know, is he going to get his full minutes? Right. I think I think that he probably will. I, I, I mean, you know, I know some coaches like to roll with the hot hand. I mean, the last thing I want to do is roster Elf and he plays 23 minutes or like yeah. last night, 18. I'll, you know, blow my gasket, but. I think that Elf is a good play, to be honest with you. I really do. I think that you're going to get him very low owned, and if he gets his normal, even 28, you know, to 30 minute run, that's acceptable enough against an Atlanta team with a, a pace up. And I think that I would hope the Knicks coach knows that they can't, uh, you know, they have to have some scores on the on the court if they want to stay with Atlanta. On the on the contrary, though. 
Nilakina's a better defender than Peyton, and Nilakina may be the guy that they want on Trey Young. So that adds a little drama to the story. Um, so I'm not sure, man. I, I think the more I, I look at this and after you telling me that, I don't I don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah, for uh, cash. Just not worth the risk. It's yep. too it's too too uh too tough. Uh Julius Randle, I don't know. You know, I'm I, I'm not sure what the heck. Uh, his minutes have been a little inconsistent, and his performance has been very inconsistent. Uh, he was a minus 24 on the court again yesterday, 5 for 11, you know, just nothing spectacular, but his price is still really high. So, yeah, you know, I just I don't like uh, the Knicks side of the ball that much, but like we said, you know, I, I love correlation playing both sides of it. Um I actually sort of like Collins uh, more than Trey Young. I know that sounds nuts, but uh, Collins, I, I think, is just on a roll. I think that, uh, you know, he can hurt the Knicks inside and can stretch some of them out. If Mitch Robb's in there and, you know, they're playing still Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis. So I think Collins can play against any of those guys uh, and be effective. So, He's one guy I would look at uh, for sure. And, you know, I, I need to read a little coach talk and see what see what things sound like. Because if Ned Lakina is going to play a decent amount of minutes tonight, and I need to find out that news if I can. It's not out there as of now that I could see. But that really knocks down not just Elf, but Trey Young in my book. So I'm going to watch that closely. I don't think I'm going to pay up for Trey in this game. Uh, the Knicks play too slow, even though they play bad defense. And uh, I'm interested to see what the rotation is going to be on him. So sort of a game that I'm not crazy about, even though the, the number is so high. Uh, but I am going to continue to consider it as the day goes on. Just one more point on the guards, the rotation, and the previous matchups. If you look back at the two Previous times these teams have played, in one of them, Peyton started. In the other one, Nilakina started. Peyton came off the bench. And yeah. Trey Young Trey Young was excellent in both. So I know Nilakina, you know, has that ability defensively. Trey Young has gotten him so far this season when he's matched up against him. I mean, it hasn't really mattered okay. who's, who's played in this matchup against him. Yeah, when so. he's hot, I don't know if there's a human being that can – I mean, he pulls up from the logo for God's exactly. sake. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that's a good point. That's a good point. So we'll have to keep him in the player pool and uh, consider that as the day uh, wears on. All right, uh, the other 7.30 game is the Charlotte Hornets at the Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat are a 10-point favorite at home. Uh, only a 210.5 total, which is the lowest even lower than Detroit Philly, which is sort of shocking. Maybe they're anticipating those Miami guys to be out, I guess. I don't know. But a 10-point spread is pretty big. Uh, 110 and a half for Miami and uh, 100 for Charlotte uh, are the implied totals. And then as far as uh, pace goes, you've got Charlotte's the slowest team in the league and Miami's the 27th ranked team. So, that's why the number is so low because they, you know, if you're there's nine possessions less in this game, uh, yeah, that definitely will bring the total down and the DFS points down. Defensively, Charlotte's 24th as a team and Miami 11th. So I know, again, we're in that la la land of, uh, you know, we need news on the questionable guys with Miami to get a good feel for it, but, uh, you know, what are you looking at initially? Initially, I'm, I'm looking at Bam for Miami. He's sort of the one guy we can count on to be playing tonight. And we like the matchup against Charlotte. He did well when they played back in November. Yeah. In terms of the guards and the wings, I mean, if Hero plays at only 3.3 on DraftKings and any of these guys are out, whether it be Butler and or none, then... That might be a nice little, you know, little sneakeroo um, as he's getting back into line. It's been over a month since he's played, so right. Obviously, the the news there is huge. 
Um, At that price, you, you know, even if he played 25 minutes, that'd be fine. Right, right. Yeah. So other than that, all the all those guys we don't know about, you know, midday here on Wednesday, here's a value play that is going to be the sneaky squirrel probably for me. Sneaky squirrel. Okay, that's a new one. A secret squirrel? There you go. <laughs> All right. He's secretive. He's sneaky. He's everything you want for a guy yes. that's 3.2. His name is Kelly Olinick. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Paul, How about that? Paul's sneaky squirrel today. Yes, that's right. He's not sneaky with his size, but. No. Uh, interesting. Uh, why? Why is. What's the thinking there? Well, it's just the matchups. If, okay. if Zeller is starting and Biombo is coming off the bench. Right. That's what happened when they played before, and Olenek got 32 minutes. Hmm. And I, I think Spolstra is one of those guys that will will play guys off the bench more minutes depending on the matchup. Olenek obviously matches up the best against Biombo out of anyone else on that bench. So, you know, he went for 15, 16, 1, and 2 when they played. And yeah. Olenek has not been playing many minutes lately. I think it's yeah. 10, 10 minutes his last two games, but I think that's because of the matchup. So, again, for definitely for tournaments, low ownership, he's at 3.2. And, and how about that as a pivot to either Bradley or Maker in that same price range? Or even you could play two of them. You could play Olenek and Bradley together. Um, he's, he's a strong consideration for me for tournaments. Come join us us at DFS Coach Talk. We play Bradley, Thonmaker, and Kelly Olenek. (laughs) (laughs) Our favorite three centers in the NBA. (laughs) Yeah, let's take that snippet out and just blast it across Twitter. I'm sure they'll come flooding into DFS Coach Talk. No, I get it, man. That's, you know, the beauty of of, of DFS. It just kills me is... You know, it's the most awkward guys that you'd never expect to roster or root for. Yeah. You know, you find yourself sitting there, you know, everybody else that you're watching the game with is like, why are you so fired up for Raul Neto? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Like when I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, when I took that tournament down earlier in the year, it was like an 18 point difference with two minutes left. And you would have thought it was the, the championship game in the NCAA tournament. Because I, <laughs> I had Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and I needed six and a half points from him in that last two minutes. And my whole table knew it. So we were going bonkers. And everybody in the place is like, wait a minute. How, what, what is, why are they cheering this guy in an 18-point game? And all It's <laughs> hilarious. But yeah. the craziness of, of uh, DFS. Well, Certainly, you know, those guys are all GPP plays, but I'm not going to I'm not going to risk the Olenek play uh, and cash. But I get it. And, you know, Spolster is a guy that's known uh, very often to play guys based on matchups. So it it makes total sense there. Uh, You know, I think Bam is is probably my first pillar. If I had to state my first pillar on on the slate, I just think. Perfect matchup, perfect scenario here. If we're a little, if the Heat are a little short in the backcourt, you know, I think he becomes even more of a facilitator, and he's shown that he can put up double digits assist as a big man. Uh, I mean, it's just a perfect storm for him, in my opinion. Unless this game blows out early, I love Bam in this matchup. And then I just want to see who's in and who's out. Period. Uh, I would go as far to say if if the guys we mentioned are out. Uh, Dragic uh, and Duncan Robinson. I would I would uh, roster both of those guys in a heartbeat. Heartbeat if I know there's no uh, Butler here or none. So I think you got to look at that immediately. Then on the Charlotte side, you know, to try to get a little correlation, you know, you've got you can look at either Devonte Graham or uh, Terry Rozier, especially if Butler's out. Uh, you know, because Dragic is not uh, a good defender, and I think you know those guys could have definitely a, a bigger game. Uh, you know, a couple of the guys from Charlotte are starting to play a little bit better. You can always take a risk, either with Miles Bridges or PJ Washington. But man, they're so hit or miss. I mean, they have big games, they have terrible games, and everything in between. So. You know, for me, it's going to be bam and move on, depending on the news. If not, layer in some of those guards and get a little correlation with the Charlotte backcourt as well, based on the news. 
Yeah, and I'll echo your thoughts on Charlotte. I have some interest in Rozier if Butler's out. And then it is really risky to play Bridges or P.J. Washington down the stretch in that Atlanta game. Both of the Martin brothers were in, Cody and Caleb. And it's, Yeah. Yeah, and I'll mention that Cody is, is still at 4.4 on DraftKings. So even though he's gotten over 30 minutes, four straight games, they haven't really priced him up. So he's another guy you could look at. Yeah, I mean it's those twins. It's it's pretty bizarre because you know I I, I know the the uh, the troublemaker Morris twins look exactly alike, but man, do those guys look alike? Those Martins. I mean, with their hair the same exact way and everything. Yeah. There's just no distinguishing those two guys whatsoever. It's only amazing. the jersey number. That's it. Cody's not- eleven. Caleb is ten. I would That's not it. want to be guarding those guys trying to figure out what the, the heck was going on. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point. All right, we move on to the 8 o'clock game, which is the Utah Jazz at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, there are no, are no implied totals because of the recent news breaking on Gobert being questionable. But we do have a line and a total, uh, but not, you know, like I say, the implied for each team. The Thunder are a three-point home favorite. And it's a 218 and a half uh, total. Uh, the reason for that is, you know, you've got two teams that do not play fast and two teams that defend well. So they're 25th and 21st in pace, 13th and 10th in defense. So not the ideal DFS matchup here, but, you know, there certainly are a few guys you could pluck out of this game, uh, especially if Gobert sits. Uh, that certainly changes things as well. Yeah, I went back and looked while you were reading the injuries, and the two games that Gobert has missed, it was Bradley who started. He got 21 and 23 minutes, and recently he's been solid. He's been giving you about 18 to 20 fantasy points in his 12 to 14 minutes. So I think he's a very solid play here if he starts at you know 3.2. I think there's a real good chance he – Gets you value on, on DraftKings. I haven't seen his price over on FanDuel yet. But, but yeah, I'll have some interest in him. The other guys before that news broke, really just Donovan Mitchell for me. He's done pretty well in this matchup, averaging mm-hmm. 40, 46 fantasy points. So he's the other guy I'd look at for Utah. Over on the OKC side, we've got uh, Shea is probable to come back in after missing that last game, right? So Right. That'll, that'll take away a little bit from uh, Paul and Schroeder. Unfortunately, Schroeder's priced up over 6K now. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'd have a little bit more interest in him. But if I had to pick one guy, it'd probably be Gallinari. He's under 6K. He's averaged 35 fantasy points against Utah. But, again, this is just like if I if I really wanted or needed to play somebody from OKC, I think there's a good chance I won't I won't get to them. Yeah, you know, I sort of like this game. I think it's if there's a such thing as a sneaky secret squirrel game, this would be the one because I think there are some things here that can work very well from a DFS standpoint. First of all, if, if Gobert's out, Bradley's my center. I mean, he needs 16 points to make value at 3.2. So, you know, he's a guy that could easily in a 27, 28 minute run get you 30 fantasy points, you know, at that cheap price. And it allows you, you know, a, a path to the Lucas of the world. So I, I definitely want to follow that because that would be a, a no brainer, at least for me. Uh, I like Mitchell in this game. I don't think the Thunder have a good matchup for him. I think, you know, either whether it's uh, Schroeder or, or Shea guarding him, I think Mitchell, uh, this kind of game it just fits into his, his, play very well. So he's a guy on the jazz side that I'm most interested in uh, other than Bradley, if he, if he's starting and then on the thunder side, I love Gallo. Uh, you mentioned his price. I don't get his price. The dude performs. He's not only uh, a fantastic score. He's a really good rebounder and he'll either, you know, he plays some D he can get you a couple steals and uh, you know, he's been steady I think he's a bargain. I think he's underpriced. And, uh, you know, if he's being guarded by a mixture of guys from Utah, you know, whether it be Bogdanovich or, uh, you know, one of the wings there, depending who they bring in, you know, to play him, I think he can do uh, 
just fine. And if this game stays close, you know, he'll get an extended uh, minutes run. So, you know, I can see some correlation with a couple of guys on both sides. Um, you know, even Chris Paul's in play. I mean, he's been steady as a rock. And, uh, you know, the Utah point guards, Conley, just they're not the same defend defensive guards that they used to be uh, guarding that position. And, you know, in close games, that's when Paul really rises up and he can throw 15, 20 fantasy points on the board in the fourth quarter. He's one of the better scoring point guards in the fourth quarter in the league, even at his age. So I, I like this game. Yeah, well, you'll get lower ownership, I think, with the lower total. So. so yeah, that's an interesting Hence pivot. The, the, the secret sneaky squirrel look. Exactly. I'll post that. There's a <laughs> there's one of the things you post. It looks like a, a squirrel in a trench coat with the hat on. That's the, yep. I think we're going to have to post that one on there for sure. <laughs> uh, just uh, real quickly before we hit the two late games. Uh, well, one's an eight o'clock, one's a ten thirty. So we're going to have a a two and a half hour wait to that last sweat game of the night that should be very interesting um but real quickly you can listen to us on dfs coach talk seven days a week everywhere podcasts are heard uh you can hear us on itunes google play stitcher Podbean, iheart spotify and youtube just to name a few uh, all we ask we ask this every show that you take just a minute or two or less 15 to 30 seconds literally uh to hit the five stars likes thumbs up on youtube click the little alarm bell subscribe so that you get an update when our podcast posts each day and if you know we're having a giveaway uh next week on uh, next weekend for this first month of uh, anybody that gave us five stars and put a comment on itunes Uh, all of that stuff really helps us as we're growing uh helps us to be found when people are searching for podcasts to listen listen to so we really really appreciate that um again the three-step process is key that's why we have such a strong winning percentage in the 70s and we're going to stay there um is you know let take this podcast in throughout the day get that you know idea of your how you want to formulate uh your lineup and start building that roster know which news to be looking for like the gobert news and and that kind of thing and bead news um, and then uh, just follow us on Twitter throughout the day. I, you know, at DFS Coach or any of our direct Twitters, uh, just follow us there. And then jump on our Discord. You know, become a member at, at CoachTalk.com, DFSCoachTalk.com, and um, jump in our Discord. That last 30 minutes minimal, we're on there talking, looking at news. We're getting all everything's posting immediately. So. We know we can we can put the best possible lineup out there for you on DraftKings and FanDuel. So that is key. All right, last two games. We've got the Denver Nuggets at the Dallas Mavericks. We know Dallas is also on the second night of a back-to-back, uh, but we do know that some of those guys have already been ruled in. Should be a really interesting game. Uh, the Nuggets are actually a two-and-a-half-point road favorite over the the Mavericks uh, that can't sit too well in the Mavericks locker room uh, they implied for Denver's 110 and a half and Dallas is 108 uh, Denver's second slowest team in the entire league uh, definitely paced down for Dallas uh, Dallas is 18th which isn't uh, anything to write home about defensively neither team is is bad middle of the pack Denver's actually 12th and Dallas 17th so you've got the the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, there's nobody on the card, by the way, that plays tonight, uh, that plays tomorrow. So you got a fresh side of it on on that side. But uh, you know, interesting game, man. How how are you looking at this one? Are you going to spend up in this game or uh, wait for the last one? I'm going to wait for the last one in general. Since it is a back-to-back for Dallas, if we've got Porzingis out, then I'll have a little bit more interest in Luca. But yep. in general, I do prefer Trey Young on this slate since he's cheaper uh, and easier matchup. So I don't think I'll get to many of the Mavericks. Hmm. And similar on Denver, um, I, I'll consider Jokic. Um, but 
nobody else really. I, I I just I just don't really want much from this game. I you know lower total both times these teams have played. It's been, the totals have been 215 and 213. Yeah. Um, I just really like the New York Atlanta game and the and the Pell's Kings game. So it's just not enough. Not enough spots on the roster to go around. If if I had to play somebody from Denver, I'd go Jokic, Barton. I'll always consider Barton when he's around 6K, so I, he's he's a fine play, but um, just not going to have much exposure here. Interesting. Well, you know, I, I think I'm going to have a contrarian lineup today. I, I am not. I'm going to have a lot of single digits and low teens own guys. I am not the chalk player in this slate. It just doesn't play out for me that way. Uh, and here again, you know, we've only got a 218 total, but uh, my two most expensive guys that I'm going to roster are both in this game. Um, either Porzingis is going to sit, or even if he's playing, he's had a couple of bad games in a row, so I don't anticipate he's going to play. Uh, we haven't gotten any news on that, and we have to follow that news, but I'm going to base the premise of this initial podcast and this prediction on that point. And I'm going to Luca, and I'm going to the Joker. Those are my two spend-up guys. You know, I, I uh, faded Trey to get to this spot for these two. I think Luca's, you know, playing just fine. I don't like Jamal Murray defense. You know, Luca's injury is is a sore wrist, so it's not like it's going to deter his minutes, uh, you know, and hurt his legs, knees, ankles, anything like that. So I think he'll get big minutes, and I expect this game to stay super close. And without Porzingis protecting the rim, rim, uh, or even if he's in a limited role, uh, you know Dallas has gotten hurt in the paint. And I know the Joker can be bizarre and decide he's going to be an assist guy one day and score the next. But I just think the all-around game uh, that he offers is not conducive to what Dallas can match up to. Because if Porzingis sits, for example. They put and they try to put Maxi Kleba on him. He's gonna muscle him hard. Then they'll bring in Boban to try to just smack his body around, and he's gonna take him out to three. So it's just not a good scenario, I don't think, for uh, the Mavericks to have to face the Joker here. And I think those two could go back and forth and be two of the highest scoring guys, if not the highest scoring guys, uh, on the slate. So I'm not really looking to any secondary plays here. Uh, again, I want to see some of the news, but I'm planning on on ponying up with some salary in this game and going with the two studs. Yeah, I hear where you're coming from, especially if Porzingis is out in these two previous matchups. There's been one kind of a dud in terms of Jokic and Luka. Neither one did much in the first outing. Yeah, Jokic had a triple-double, but it was only 10-10-10. It was the second matchup where they both played much better, so... Yeah. Um, you know, I see for for cash, they're both pretty solid investments. I think so. And I remember that last game in Denver really well. And uh, there were some circumstances in that game, too, of three and four nights and back to back on for one of the teams, higher elevation. And they still perform. So I like this situation in this game uh, for both teams. I think this is going to be a, a secretly good game to roster for the big dudes. All right, let's go on to the last game. Again, it's two and a half hours later than every other game. So, you know, it's all going to come down to uh, figuring out what you needed or not need in this last game. I'm not going to be as heavy on this game as most people will, and I know Andrew is as well. So I'll be on the side of hang on, hang on, and and you guys will be on the side of let's catch them, let's catch them kind of thing. And that's okay. That reminds me of my days at the horse races. You either bet the front runner or the closer, and, and they both usually get to the wire at about the same time. But which <laughs> way does it go? You know what I'm right. saying? Yep. So, so you got the Pelicans at the Kings. Uh, a couple of big signs that are uh, play me, play me, the highest total, 232.5 on the board. And it's only a one-and-a-half point favorite for the Pelicans on the road. So Vegas says close game, high scoring game. Got to love that. Um, the Pelicans are 117 implied and the Kings uh, 115 and a half. Both respectable. Uh, you've got the Pelicans, the second fastest team in the league, which gets you excited for the game. But it's a pace down game. Sacramento's all the way down to 24. So that's uh, a little bit of a concern. 
Uh, on the good side for positive playing in this game is they're the 18th and 19th uh, defensive rating team, so both below average in the league. So I can see why people are firing up and five-starring this game, but uh, let's see. What, what are you going to roll with here that's going to bring home all the money in the in the final uh, uh, post? I can see a post in Discord now at about – 12:30 at night saying you know showing the takedown that's what i'm <laughs> gonna predict for you buddy well here's the thing it might even be 1 a.m right, later could, yeah you're it right. could be it, or 1 30 if we get an well, overtime I, game I, here. central time so i was thinking 12 30 my time but you're right 1 30 your time it's gonna be late yeah the, the point i want to make is just everything you just said and on top of it they're both 28 and 36 they're tied for ninth in the west this wow. is a, ma- a massive game for are they going to track down Memphis and get in the playoffs? So, I mean, this could be a war down to the wire. Maybe we get an overtime game. So that's why I like this matchup. And it's strange, though, if you look back at their first game, because it was it was also high scoring and close, 117-115. But nobody on New Orleans really put up huge numbers. Ball was good. He had a 24-point double-double. So I, I like him at 7.9. Drew just sort of had an average game. Ingram fouled out. He didn't have a very good game. Yeah. And and Zion didn't play. So, um, you know, a little little challenging to predict, but I'd say Ball is probably my favorite play. I really like how he's been shooting lately. Mm-hmm. We, we like to we like to target uh, the Kings with shooters. So. Um, can you believe I'm referring to Lonzo Ball as a shooter? It's amazing. <laughs> you know what, though? It's it's rightfully so. I mean, yeah. shout out to the Pelicans shooting coach because whoever changed that quirky, weird-looking shot he used to have uh, that everybody said he was going to stick with, they finally changed it, and now now he's a shooter. Yeah. He's, La- you got to go out and play him. Yeah, last time I looked, within the last week, he was 37.1% on his three-pointers this year, so – just yeah, a really what a jump. He was in the yeah. low twenties a lot yep. last year. Yeah. So I like him here. I like Zion. They haven't they haven't dealt with him yet. I, I don't see anybody for Sacramento. Um, you know, like Bielitsa. I mean, he's just gonna run right around him. Um, Giles, he can power over and through. Um, so I, I like I like Zion here. And I'll mention Hart off the bench at four point two. He shot poorly in his last game, but this would be a you know a game that could really match up well with his talent. Yeah. And then over on the King side, I like Fox here. Uh, Heald played well in this matchup, but he started and Bogdanovich did not play. So okay. um, not as much to take away from there. But they're both in the mix for me. Bazemore is a consideration. Um, Barnes had 30 points against them. He got the best of Ingram in their first matchup, but I don't usually play him in tournaments. So it's, it's a little bit harder for me to get, uh, as many guys out of this as I would think with the, the total and every, and, and the, the spread on paper. But right. it may just be that if I make multiple lineups, then I'll just stack this one heavily with like six guys. But in my normal build, I may only get, a couple guys out of here and, you know, a couple guys out of the New York Atlanta game. Man, you're going to have to be digging down for those last, you know, you didn't, don't have many rostered guys so far. You're going to have some open <laughs> spots, a, 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 an open tryout for Andrew Hansen's last two spots. For That's the, right. The card tonight. Uh, yeah. You know, here's the thing for me on this game. I get it. All the stuff we said, but you know, right now it's that the Pelicans have sort of settled in there's four guys that can blow up fantastic on every night or any night, or they could be the fourth or fifth wheel. And right now, those guys are Ball, Holiday, Zion, and Ingram. Yep. And, you know, you could play all four or you could play none of them. And to me, I can't quite put my finger in this on this game as far as which one or two of those four are the best plays. And they're not cheap. Uh, so, you know, that's the other thing. They're all four expensive. And so I just don't know if I want to go and spend a big chunk of money for a guy that could end up being the fourth option in a game. Um, 
Of all of those guys, my favorite guy is Zion this time around, which isn't normal. I haven't been rostering him a ton, but I do think that, you know, this is a really conducive matchup to his skill set. Great archetype match to the Kings. I don't think they're going to be able to really control him. So, yeah, you know, if I spend up on a Pelican, it would be for the man himself, Zion. Um you know, and then the rest of the guys, again, you know, you got to commit a lot of salary there. I think a lot of people will. Um, and on the King side, you know, I cannot seem to get Fox right. He's on and off. He hasn't been as consistent. That's generally what Luke Walton does to good players, unfortunately, as a coach. Right. And then the whole healed Bogdanovich thing is enough to drive you batty trying to figure out who's going to get more minutes. Are they going to play some next to each other? You know, when Fox is healthy, he generally uh, plays the majority of time. Bogdanovich doesn't get to bump over to that spot much. And it's just very difficult. And then their inside game is is inconsistent or poor at best. And now getting some, you know, shifting around of guys. Uh, you know, of course, the, the, the big fella coming back uh, for Sacramento has been a big shot in the arm. Um, what, what, who, Holmes. what's his name? Holmes. What's that? Yeah. Rashawn Holmes. Holmes, Rashawn yeah. Holmes. Having Rashawn Holmes back is, you know, he's probably the guy that I would roster on the King's side. Now I got to double check. Cause I know those first couple games, he was on a very, uh, you know, dead stop minutes restriction and only played 20, 25 minutes max. So I want to see that if that's up to like 30, I think Holmes is a great play. Cause He's better than Giles, although they're going to split some minutes and things are going on there. Uh, so you got to watch that. But for me, it, it, you know, right now, and I know they're not the cheapest, but Holmes isn't too expensive. Zion's a little bit of a tag, but those are the two guys I'd lean on the most uh, in this game. Uh, but I don't think I'd go more than too deep on the last game. Yeah, and I, I looked at the last box, box score. In terms of those Kings bigs, it was a three-man three-headed monster with Len Holmes oh, yeah. and Giles. Uh, they all, they all got between like 14 and 20 minutes last game. So yeah. really, really tough as they're easing Holmes back into it. Holmes is definitely the standout there of those three. There's no doubt right. about it. And then wait till Bagley gets back. Then yeah, it's exactly. free for all. But I, you know, like I say, let's look at the coach talk news. Cause I don't think they want it to be a three-way split. I think they, they more so, uh, although Lenz had a couple of good games, he almost yeah, is he played better than Giles. So, you know, who knows? It could be Holmes backed up by Len with Giles starting to slide down the bench again. But, uh, you know, we'll have to keep a close eye again. You know, that's why I hate playing the Kings because it, it's just so much uh, so difficult to try to shake loose. Who's going to uh, step up? Because then all of a sudden you, you look at all the guys we mentioned and then a Harrison Barnes has a good game or something. So. Yeah, it's it's not an easy team to do. All right. Uh, any other basketball player thoughts or anything else in the no, mix? No, just, just come and join the party at DFS Coach Talk. Become a member, and we'll give you all of our final basketball player thoughts right up until lock every day and then give you some winning lineups. Absolutely. And the implied total just plopped up there for the Jazz Thunder because we don't miss anything we turn every stone rock over. The Thunder implied 111, Utah 107.5. Thunder remain a three-point favorite, so I don't think anybody knows if Gobert is going to play or not. All right, fantastic. Great show. Hopefully this information helps everybody. Look forward to seeing you guys, hopefully, in uh, the members' uh, chat there in Discord, and look forward to uh, tomorrow when... Uh, uh, we've got another slate of five games, which is very nice. And then we finish up the week with seven games. So this is nice when you have this, you know, I like big slates for sure. The bigger, the better. But at least we're not dealing anymore this week with any shenanigans of the three or four game slate. So it goes five on Thursday, seven on Friday, eight on Saturday and five on Sunday. So got a nice rest of the week to get this done Forget about the Milwaukee fiasco and and just pound forward. So awesome stuff. Uh, thank you all for joining us for this episode of DFS Coach Talk. For my fellow NBA pros 
Andrew Hansen, and Mike Apatria. I am coach. We will look to catch you again tomorrow on the expression of NBA Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way to dribble up and down the court.